0: You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Maddie Rose
1: on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio.
2: The Big Show. I can't do it with kickstart my heart in the background. You that can. does not Can work. you
1: play the one, the newest version we got yeah, of the intro yeah. of our show? Can we play it, please? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: The Big
0: Show with Russick and Rose In the morning, not
1: the afternoon Beautiful, it's really good That's all in, uh, because I talked about Delilah earlier on I wonder, our next guest will probably know who that is Are you driving to work this morning? Are you driving to work? Thinking about the Flames 4-3 win in Buffalo last night Are you thinking about those fourth line shifts? Are you thinking about how that fourth beer and the third was probably one too many? <laughs> You're a little crabby this morning, yeah. but you also thought, hey, it's Friday. The eyes feel a little dry. And the Flames play tonight. Mm. Uh, our next guest. Should have mixed in a water. we uh, He's been waiting way too long. Flames pre and no, post game. He, he loves this garbage. He woke up for us. He loves um, it. The Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest online. Mr. Pat Steinberg. Hello, sir. How are you?
3: I'll have you know that uh, Delilah was uh, a pm. show, not an a m show. yeah. and of and yeah. That well, I said that was and uh, that was also one of my first jobs at uh, at this fair radio station was offing or at this fair radio cluster was oping Delilah. yeah, for three hours on weekday nights. and did, it was horrible.
1: Did you, <laughs> did you ever call in? Because no, you were heartbroken? No, but but or crestfallen I, the, uh, She
3: uh we had to play these because it was a network show, we had to play these things where when she went to break, we had these recorded things where she said, Uh ninety six and then so she would say she'd go she'd say something like, Oh, and here's uh and here's a beautiful song for Miranda, and it'll be back when we we'll we'll play that song for Miranda when we come back. Yeah. You're listening to Delilah on Light 96. Yeah, kinda, it sounded it sounded <laughs> horrible and was not natural, um, but I think it fooled most people. It was uh, it was hell, uh, but it was three hours of work, so I got paid ten dollars an hour. It was wonderful.
1: I love it. I uh, talked about how she was fired seventeen times. Yeah.
3: Sounds about, sounds about right.
1: Yeah, she said she was fired seventeen times, and now she's one of the biggest radio stars on the planet.
3: Good for her. How many? How many? How many of our listeners actually know who she
1: is? Uh, I knew who she was, but Maddie and Patrick and GVP had no idea. So then we played some Delilah, and then how like we want like our big show to like come in. The big show. That's what we want to. We want somebody to sing it for us.
3: I want you guys to. Uh... You could also you could also do the uh, Family Guy, Weenie in the Butt. I really like that one. <laughs> uh, weenie in the Butt. Weenie in the Butt.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, wanted to ask you uh, about the game last night. Uh, lots of fun as a whole. How would you kind of rate the Flames' start to their season?
3: I don't know. It's been pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's been uh, it's been encouraging more so than not. I'd think. I, I don't know. I've 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 liked most of what I've seen on this road trip. Um, the first, the first game against Winnipeg was, um, it was, it was good that they won and they found a way, but I actually thought that that was by far their worst overall game. Um, I did not think there were a lot of good things other than Jacob Markstrom, Andrew Mangiapati, maybe a handful of other individual players, special teams. And that was about it that was good against Winnipeg. But they ran into a Connor Hellebuck that was not very good that night. And uh, they were able to score some goals and find a way to win. But um, the, the games they've played since, despite... Losing those first two on the road trip, there's been there's been really positive signs. Like the the Pittsburgh game was good, despite that third period. The Washington game was pretty solid start to finish, outside of those outside of that you know five minute span in the second period where the Caps tied it. Massey Phillips did his thing, and uh, and then last night I thought that despite Buffalo finding ways to come back and tie it on those three occasions. I thought that Calgary was, was pretty dialed in pretty buckled up all night and, and was significantly better than Buffalo for almost the entire game. Like there was not really a stretch last night where I felt like, Oh boy, Sabres are really taking over here. I mean, they have their, their power play opportunities and a couple of those five power plays look good. They scored the power play goal um, with Paige Thompson, but, I mean honestly there is not really a point where I felt the Sabres looked like the team that was about to run away and hide or or watch out they're going to they're going to take over or they're going to take the lead so yeah I've, I I would say the last nine periods or so have been pretty solid and um I think there's there's a whole lot more they need to work on and they probably have 10 or 11 things that they need to fine tune and continue to fine tune as the year goes along but with with how miserable last year was and just how how painful so many of their games were to watch at least at least this year the games have been generally entertaining and you're seeing encouraging positive signs from a lot of the most important players you need Mm. to see them from so i would say it's been pretty good all things considered if, if i'm a flames fan knowing how last year went and knowing you're looking at a rookie head coach it's 2-1-1 Two one and one to start the year, and the last three games have been solid. I'd, I'd probably take that.
2: They've changed their defensive structure up a little bit. Have you seen the improvements game to game? Only through four games, but have you seen the improvements as they've tried to work this new system in?
3: Um, I've seen like I've seen more growing pains than improvements sure. early on, um, and I think he saw the growing pains like on full display against Winnipeg and in that third period against Pittsburgh, I mean, that third period against Pittsburgh felt like it was just kind of a, um, a real trial and error show (laughs) of, of what they, what they're trying to do and what not to do. And some of the mistakes that come along, wouldn't you make a pretty, a pretty wholesale change to the way that you're playing in your own zone and the way that you're playing without the puck. And then I thought, I thought last night was, was maybe a good trial and error on a positive side of, of, how it can work. And I thought that maybe last night was the first night that you said to yourself, okay, now I see, now I see what they're looking to do a little bit more. And just a couple of the times, the way the flames were able to, to translate or, or transition to offense from their own zone really seamlessly. Like so, you take a look at the Blake Coleman goal they scored early in the third period. That's yes, good step up from Gilbert and a good play by him to force the turnover. But the the way that they immediately everybody was pointed north as soon as Gilbert caused that turnover had them quick in transition, and they had all three guys that ended up. Touching the puck on that play and getting assists and or the goal on the play, like they were all they were all pointed north immediately, and that's a big part of what they're trying to do with this uh you know everybody's talked about man on man to zone, and a big part of it is by by not having guys chase around man on man in the defensive zone it's going to allow them to as soon as the puck gets loose or as soon as a turnover is forced or as soon as an opposing cycle is is killed either by the flames or by the other team because there's not a lot of chasing going on it's it's a little bit easier to you know transition the other way and get on your horse and try to create some offense off the rush and this is not a team that did that very well at all last year. I don't think you look back to last year and say, Oh boy, that was a dangerous flames team off the rush. So the, I, I thought we saw a whole lot more of it last night. And I also thought you saw a whole lot more of just overall how they want it to be done in their own zone. And, and if Dan Vladar's is not shaky in that first period, I think maybe it looks a little bit better, but they, they might right. spend a little bit more time in a shift in their own zone, but they, they don't offer up as much in terms of slot chances and and high danger chances against is kind of the idea, and I think that we saw that against the Sabers last night. I think when it was all said and done at five on five, they allowed just six chances from the middle. So that's uh, that that's that's a nice that's a nice step forward, and I'm glad they were actually able to find a way to win last night. Because I think if they didn't, if, if that game goes to overtime or Buffalo ties it the last time, and then somehow finds a way to take the lead for the first time. I think you come away saying, "Jesus, another game where they did a lot of good things, but they couldn't find a way. Well, now you can come away saying, okay, they did do a lot of good things and they were the better team and they, they found a way to win or, or they did win and got rewarded for it. So yeah, I'm mean, I think they're, I think you're starting to see what those, what those changes are and, and how they want it done. And I think that over the four games they've played so far, you've seen steady improvement in each game in terms of of those kind of, those, those things away from the puck and those things in their own zone.
1: Pat Steinberg from Flamestock joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Guest hotline, big show, Russick and Rose 960. The fan, do we talk enough about how well they get out of the gates here? <laughs> That's something that they've kind of brought over from last season, which was a positive because, as you mentioned, last season was a nightmare. All the shootout and overtime losses, just struggling to score goals. But there's one thing this team did great last year was, in the words of Mike Babcock, start on time. That's something we've seen even this season, Patty, that they've kind of carried that over. And I think that's a huge thing in the NHL.
3: Yeah, and I mean it's it's funny because as as the year went along last year, as as last year turned into a nightmare, especially in the second half of the season, you know the whole idea of starting on time, especially on a nightly basis, that that really started to be a problem in the second half of last season. As they were really pissing away their season, it was like, geez, these guys are not—they they don't seem ready to play. It was one of my biggest issues with not playing Matthew Phillips and more importantly, not playing Jacob Pelche when they were down the stretch and you're saying, geez, these guys look so flat off the top, uh, off the top of games. And you could really use that infusion, but you're right. In the first half of the season when they were a far less frustrating team and it didn't feel like the season was a lost one. It, it did feel like they did that. And so you've definitely seen that this year without question in the first four games. I mean, they, they have held leads in all four of the games. They've barely trailed in these four games. Um, They opened the scoring against Winnipeg. They opened the scoring against Pittsburgh. They opened the scoring against Washington and obviously opened the scoring and never trailed last night. They, they seem to be, they seem to be starting on time. They seem to be ready to play games. And they also just, they've done a pretty decent job, especially the last two games. And even that first game against Winnipeg, you you take out the kind of holy crap moment there against Pittsburgh, where the Penguins turned the one, nothing deficit into the four, one lead pretty quickly. They've, They've done a pretty good job even of riding the waves of momentum and sticking with games and, and not letting games get away from them. Even, even when the other team pushes back a little bit, and it's 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 funny guys because they're off to a two one and one start and they've done a lot of good things in those four games. But I until until we're talking about the month of November and they're having they're, they're still playing good hockey and they're still getting good results. And until that, like remember, they started five and one last year and it was the it was the best six game start in franchise history and everybody was raving about hey. Cool, the Flames. We thought they might be better this year, and they're off to a five and one start. And then obviously, it, it went completely off the rails of the seven game losing skid after that. So, I it's it's definitely good they have not been not ready to play. We have not seen a Jacob Markstrom first shot first goal yet, which I think is is really important because that was a real negative trend last year. So. They, they they definitely seem to, uh, at least from a mental standpoint, be ready to play games and are okay when things don't necessarily go their way and, and they're able to stick with games. So, look, there's there's still a lot. They don't look like an elite hockey team necessarily. There's still some things that, that definitely need fine-tuning. They need a whole lot more from Nazem Kadri. They probably have two or three other guys need a whole lot more from, but I, I would, I would say that, you know, they've, they've been able to hit the ground running in a decent fashion, whether it's night to night, or even if you take a look at the 12 periods they've played so far, they, they seem like they've, they've been committed. And they've talked a lot about getting off to a good start. And they seem like they're ready to practice what they preach here.
2: Wanted to ask you about Matt Coronado, your thoughts through a few games here and, and maybe a thought on what the team thinks he's been doing so far.
3: Um, he's been. I mean, he's he's definitely he's definitely looked like an NHLer. I think I think maybe we've seen uh, a slight. Uh, I don't want to say step back, but maybe a, just just a slight like okay, like the as the NHL season starts to set in, he's played more hockey than anybody on the team. He played six of the eight preseason games. He played three games in Penticton. He's had a full NHL training camp, and so couple of games the the Washington game and and last night you're like okay you know maybe this is maybe this is just a little bit of the NHL pace catching up to Matt and and yet he makes a really good play on the 3-2 goal last night where as 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 we talked about Gilbert starts it but that was a really smart play from Coronado to be pretty deceptive not take the shot kind of deceive the shot and then move it over to Coleman who absolutely wired it for the three, two goal. So even when, even when he has not been maybe as effective the last couple of games, he's, he's still able to make a play here or there. And he's still able to, to be a pretty effective player offensively. I, I, I think, I think what we, for instance, I think that the flames have seen that, okay, you know what, maybe dialing back the ice time just a little bit, is the way to go they took him off power play one against Washington. they kept him off power play one last night against Buffalo. They had Reziczka up there on PP one last night and and they have them playing on that backland line, which I also think is a, is a really smart way to to help a guy ease in as well and and there's kind of two schools of thought on that on the one hand, the room line with Coleman and whoever else is on it is always seeing really tough competition. And so that is that's that's definitely a trial by fire. But on the other hand, you've got um, you've got Michael Backlund, who all he ever has done in his career is make young wingers play better and get a whole lot more out of the young young wingers. Like that Backlund bump that we talked about is is a real thing. It is mm. a proven part of his resume that he helps young players get better helps young wingers take steps forward so i think I think coronado has shown that he can shoot it at an nhl we know that he is confident in taking his shot we know that he's smart and gets himself to good areas of the ice in the offensive zone especially on the power play but i just i i, I just think i remember Nasi kachuk's first year he got healthy scratched and I want to say, about three weeks into his first season. And just like it's a little reset and got him, that, that helped get him back on track. We all remember Johnny Gaudreau getting healthy scratched, you know, six or seven games into his rookie season. I'm not even suggesting that that's what's going to happen with Coronado because I don't think it should. I think he's generally been fine. Um, and, and I don't think there's any reason to be talking about that. I just think it happens – as seasons get going and now you're on a, your first NHL road trip and now the adrenaline of the start of the season is wearing off a little bit. I just think things settle in a little bit and now it's kind of the first test of something you got to push through. I, I think he's an NHLer. I think he's an NHL all season long. I just think the last couple of games, maybe his effectiveness overall has taken a step back, which really isn't all that unexpected.
1: Um wanted to ask you a couple of things uh, before I let you go. Number one, you think the fan base will ever get over Johnny leaving? Like, you think that the hatred will be a little less when he comes to town this this time around? Like, how long before they get over this? Well, probably, probably never
3: 100%. He uh, he He said he was staying and then changed his mind 15 minutes later and decided he was going to go to free agency. And it felt like... He was going to sign the entire time, and look, I think that there is responsibility or blame to go around on all sides. I think the Flames could have signed that guy a year earlier to a really what would have looked like, and right now would look like a really good value contract, but they decided not to do it for whatever reason and decided to to, finish those talks and a deal didn't get done in the summer of 2021 or the fall of 2021 and so it allowed Johnny to go into that contract year and put up 115 points but yeah I I, I don't know if they're ever gonna fully get over it I if, if I were straight-up fan. I don't know if I would ever just a hundred percent get over it either. If mm. you know, if, if I is, if I saw my is, favorite player leave like that, I don't know.
1: Is it easier because Columbus is so terrible?
3: Probably makes it probably makes it a little sweeter. Um, yeah. I think it was a whole lot easier to see him and the Blue Jackets be awful last year. But then you add Matthew Tkachuk to a Stanley Cup final and have a career year and put up one hundred and ten points too. So that one that one stopped. I've always guys. I I know that. I know that Matthew Kachuk decided to like he, he let them know that he wanted a trade. Yes. But I, I Matthew Kachuk is still the one who said, I want out, I don't wanna be here, I'm not gonna sign here. Mm-hmm. And like Johnny Gaudreau was not he, he was he was ten minutes away from being a Flame for the next eight years and then pulled the shoot. They're both annoying, they're both frustrating, but I don't know from a like a jaded standpoint, I still would be just as jaded with Matthew as I am with Johnny. The only difference is there was a trade there mm. with with Matthew Kachuk, and it did allow them to bring back some assets the other way.
2: How about our boy, Eric Gabranson,
3: though? Oh, love that guy. Sign me up for a little
2: grip it and rip it tonight, am I right?
3: I'm uh I, I, I miss watching games with Matty Rose uh, every single night. Those are those were some of the greatest days of my life.
2: I got some
1: observations. That's it. Wow. It's mm-hmm. high praise for you, Matt Rose. Hmm. Used to it. Okay.
3: It's a, a good boy. It's a good boy you've got beside you, George.
1: <laughs> I do stress the Can you remind boy. him that I'm every once kidding. in a while, please? Um wanted to ask you this. Uh we talked about that uh the shot that was in last night on uh, Devin Levi. <laughs> Like, again, that thing was in, but whatever. Um, and then right away, it's 04 Marty Jelena vibes for Flames fans. And then I asked the question to the guys in the room. They, could not, they couldn't give me a straight answer. And I go, good thing we have Pat Steinberg on for the third time in the history of our show. Perfect timing. What is the second biggest disappointing, like, on ice moment for the Calgary Flames? The second one. The Jelena, was it in? Was it not in? In oh four, clearly number one. But what's two? Nobody can give me a straight answer. Can you? Oh, last
3: night for sure. The that Mackenzie Weegar one that would have made it five three guys would have been the biggest goal in, in franchise it. history. Stop uh, it. Stop it. Uh, the I don't like. Do we remember Blake Coleman in Game Five against Edmonton? That one. Oh was, that,
2: yeah, that that's a good three. one. It wasn't a kick. Oh, really.
3: I really think that was a horrible call. To this day, I still don't, and that's not just because I'm Flames talk guys like, What what were they looking at? What was wrong with that goal? Everything we think we know, that that one that one is right up there. Like there was a, a silly one with Sam Bennett in 2014 you're like, why is that? That was, that was the first time I'd ever heard the term parallax angle. You're like, What the hell is that? Um, and, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> but, but they, they didn't lose that game. They went on, they won that game. That yeah. was the game that Johnny Gaudreau scored the overtime winner in game three against the ducks. So like, it was like, well, that's stupid, but they still won the game. So, the Blake Coleman one is, is pretty egregiously bad. Like, I, I still don't know what they were, distinct kicking motion. I, I didn't see anything like that. Yeah. So yeah, that, that would be the one that comes to mind right away in terms of just an overall bad call.
1: Um, we're getting a lot. I uh, Got a couple of these um, where the uh, Habs scored just seconds into overtime in game two of the 86 Cup final. Brian Scroodland. Because if the Flames win that you game, they're that up two nothing Pat? in the series. So, are we talking?
3: Are we talking like the worst moment or the worst blown call? Just like worst moments. Oh well, do you remember that the Mike? I think it was Mike Krushelnytsky. The yeah, the Mike one that Vernon floated on his,
1: over Mike Vernon yeah. while he was on his back. I mentioned that Vernon, one. Vernon kicking up in the air. That one. That was a game. That was a game six
3: or a game seven. That one was brutal. Okay, but you know what? one it was. Uh, there's two of them. Okay. Uh, now that I thought, I thought we were talking like worst. Uh, worst no, I'm just saying
1: like all. most poll because again we talked about it earlier. Like the Leafs fans always go. Uh, oh. Like Doug one, Gilmore high one. stick Easy. by Wayne Gretzky. Okay, give me the because it's, uh, it's the second most. It's
3: either it's either Pavel Bure down the wing uh, in Game Seven um, in '93 I believe or '94 '94 uh, right. Any either helicopters
1: is stick after.
3: But you know what? That's Bure that was a pretty good Vancouver team. The one that still sticks in a lot of craws and should is that Game 7 against the Oilers in the last Battle of Alberta prior to 2022, where they had a 3 nothing lead. So Fleury scores the goal in Game 6 at Northlands, and they come back for Game 7. They take a 3 nothing lead. Oilers come back, tie it 3-3, and then Teakin and wins it in overtime. That one, mm. that one I think, should remain is one of the biggest gut punches ever because they they were still a high-end team then.
1: Yeah. Oh, Patty's saying Oilers uh, were 500 that year.
3: Yeah, oh, the Oilers were not a great team that year at all. Flames were 46-26-8.
4: The Oilers were 37-37-6.
3: Yeah. They should not have lost that series.
1: Pat Steinberg, uh, host of Flames Talk. When does the pregame show start? In an hour? Like when does it start?
3: Uh yeah. What do you want so, uh, today? I'm on at two today. So we go two PM till whenever today.
1: Okay. Um late? How late tonight, you think? Around ten o'clock. Wouldn't
3: be like the on air day won't oh, be God. won't be crazy today. It'll be it'll be fine okay. today. These, these uh, early games I get to I get to leave when it's still uh it's still the same day that I started, which is yeah. really exciting. Yeah. Um
1: how J-Mack. much damage are
2: you gonna do to, to the to the town tonight? Then, uh, I don't
3: know. Probably not much mm. tonight. I'm well boys, so probably probably oh. not
1: much tonight. Well, I was gonna text you because j Mac and I are going for some beverages tonight.
3: Well, I can still text me. I can always. I can always be. <laughs> my arm can always be
1: twisted. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. Maybe I'll see you later. Uh, bye, boys. Have all a good right. rest of your morning. See ya. Ciao. Happy There's... Friday. All right, there's Pat Steinberg. Flames Talk pregame show starts in minutes. Flames and Jackets tonight from Seabus. a.k.a. Lumbus. <laughs> the c Really? Did anybody yeah. call it the No, C-blow? I just called it the C-Blow. Because okay. yeah. I know uh, Wyshynski used to call it Lumbus, and that made a lot of people mad. Lumbus. Playing the BJs. CBUS. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Johnny Goudreau, are you still
4: sour about it?
1: Like, nah, whatever.
2: Just more than it, it comes I don't out, really like, care. It's like
4: oh, it was ten minutes away, like you know it, it was something. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna stick for a while, but I think there's a point where you'll get over it. Everybody get, will eventually will get, get, get over booed
2: it until he leaves the league. Oh yeah, that's just how it goes. I mean,
4: it, it's the way players go. Yeah. Like I don't want to re- rehash and revisit everything. Like they booed Does... Dion here after he was traded for some reason. It's like it was not Dion's fault he was wow. traded, but I mean he wasn't that oh,
1: great. Mm.
4: No, I get that. Um, we don't have to.
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was bad. I don't nah. have to revisit this because I wasn't here at the time. That was a hell of a trade. Um, does Kachuk stay if Johnny signs? No.
4: No. no. Okay. no. Dude was no. like, he was like, no. I see the beach and all it these would be the fun other times way in Miami.
2: Like, I think that if Kachuk had signed, then Johnny probably would have for sure. Yeah. I don't think it would have gone down to 10 minutes. But Matthew had made his decision like a year before. We've heard players yeah. on other podcasts say, yeah, we knew the entire season that Kachuk was leaving. We yeah. knew the
1: entire year. So then they would have had Johnny Goudreau and then made the Jonathan Huberto deal? Yeah. Uh,
2: prob- probably. Maybe. Yeah, you just move one of them over to the other side. Yeah. I don't
1: know. Whatever. just saying. Shoulda, sure coulda, woulda. But he's in Lumbus. He's in Lumbus. He's not here. And we got the game tonight. I'm just Eric
2: Gabranson Moore.
1: And by the way. It's God, Calgary I Flames.
2: Love that, dude.
1: It's Calgary Flames game day brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. Pre game with Pat Steinberg is at 4 p.m. Puck drop with Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson goes at five. Marty Jelena was it in was it isn't it in 04? Biggest like on ice moment for the Flames. What's the second one? Patty gave you a couple good ones. Mm-hmm. Game seven in ninety one against the Oilers. That's going, cool. that's a deep cut. Yep. Right, I remember as a kid the Mike Krushelinski one that was floating over. What was Mike Vernon on his back for? He's just trying to reach it with his little glove, couldn't do it. We're getting the uh, the Wayne Gretzky slapper in '88, where it just flew over Mike Vernon's shoulder, like the Pavel Bure breakaway in '94 in Game Seven. Keep them rolling in. What's the second most you know stinging? sour moment for you in Flames history. 960, 960, name and location. We got a ton here on the text line. I think we'll uh, we'll um, grab our pal Texty McTexterson to help us out. And our uh, locks of the evening. Courtesy of our good friends at Calgary. Lof- Lof- Lof. Lock and safe next. And plays of the week. Yes. Man, we got a busy oh, 20 boy. minutes to go. I got some good locks for you. Okay. It's the big show. Russell and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Oh, hi there. It's the big show. Russic and Rose Sportsnet 960. The fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Straight ahead. You, your text messages mm. at 960 960. We're asking you. Yeah, because of that whole goal that was in last night on Devin Levi from the shot from Mackenzie Weger from his own end. Mm-hmm. It obviously mm-hmm. had a lot of oh four mm-hmm. vibes with Marty Jelena mm-hmm. and even Rick Ball talked about it last night in the broadcast. And then it got me to think I was thinking. What's that second most polarizing moment in Flames history on the ice? There's a lot of like different responses that you have out there. I feel like there's no singular second moment with the fan base. And it depends on your vintage as well. And our locks of the uh, the night. Locks of the night. Um, but you want to do the announcement again? Yeah, do it. Yeah. Drum roll, please. Um, GBP, immediately. In
0: the morning. Oh,
1: no. It's, different, it's the Big Show at the Heritage Classic. Myself, George, and Matt will be hosting a special edition of the Big Show on Sunday, October 29th from 2 to 4 in Edmonton. It's brought to you by Tuxedo Source for Sports. Come see why Calgarians continue to choose them for all things hockey. 2520 Center Street North. I'm I'm excited to... um. To visit Edmonton for the first time in my life. Yeah, are you? What's the thing you're most excited to do there? Um, leave? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just, just kidding. kidding. <laughs> it was too easy. That was low hanging fruit. I don't know. Yeah. I'm excited to see uh, what Commonwealth looks like with the outdoor game all set up. I think it's going to be cool. Probably the first time it'll be
4: packed since probably what, the Great Cup you were at in uh, 2018? Yeah, where probably. the field was frozen. Yeah. Yeah. No, it skates? was pretty nice weather there. In no, 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 no. no, oh, okay. no, no. no, no, no. It was, was a, frozen.
2: It was a health hazard for sure. It was nicer
4: in Calgary then. It was. It was yeah, without
2: here. a yeah. doubt, the one here in Calgary was fine because we have an no, excellent I've, city. But yeah. yeah, up north in Edmonton, it was a skating rink.
1: Have it was, was dangerous. Have you looked at the weather for Sunday in Edmonton? Yeah, I say zero. I checked yesterday. Okay, that's not terrible. Nope. <laughs> yeah, it's two weeks away. Like, what does that mean? That's nah, not two weeks It's a week. Week Sunday. Oh, okay. Well, it's 10 days away. It's nine. Yeah, it's Alberta. That's changing like it could be like 10 degrees. It could
2: be.
4: It could, or be, could minus be minus 10. 10. Exactly. I look
2: at maybe like three to four hours ahead in the forecast, maximum. <laughs> <I look at laughs> like, that is all I will look at. I think the should, rest is irrelevant. You to probably me. know an idea probably by Thursday
1: next. Okay. Week no. What it's going to be. You won't know until the morning of. Yeah. Um, Maddie and I are up in Edmonton. we got to leave early Sunday morning. Do you morning, know where too. we're
2: going to do the show? Like, on Sunday? Are we going to do it from the Commonwealth? Yeah, like, no, yeah.
1: Did okay. you get the email? Yeah, I didn't read it. I didn't either, but there Why was a am I map. not included on this. You I should have you been. Were. You're the producer of the program. I am. Of yes. the big
4: show. Oh.
1: Um, you want to do locks now and then texty? Yeah, all right. <laughs> oh, we we grab need grab a sounder beat. for locks, right? Like it needs an intro. No, yeah, no,
4: we need no, a, that's, more, that's a good.
2: It, it needs like uh, you know, bad boys, bad boys, you know, something like that, locking in. Lock it up. Keep your stuff safe. Something valuables. I don't know, dude. Someone help me out here. Throw me a bone. Come on.
1: Um, no, our, I get you. I get you. Our locks of the evening are brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Hunting season is back, Alberta. Be safe out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, visit sportscent.ca slash 960 to enter for your chance to win a Braun 16 rifle gun safe. Hell yeah. You, you were a stellar, what, 3 0 yesterday? Yep. Yeah. It was five straight. But you got your football pick wrong. Yeah, I did get my you football pick You took the under. Wrong. I yep. took the Saints like an idiot. Yep, Patrick, you took the Jags. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're riding high, going one and zero into Ooh, Sunday yeah. with your finger in the air like you just don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, GVP got his wrong
4: both cuz yeah, he, he hates calgary. Yeah. I'm clearly a motivator for this team. <laughs> <laughs> he also yeah, had David Drysdale both over a point and a half. They had one goal. You're the uh you're the Anthony Robbins of the Flames. <laughs> uh, Daryl Sutter mind games still work for this club, <laughs> clearly. Yeah, Anthony Robbins. Nice. Never heard him called yep. Anthony Robbins before. Tony Robbins. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> I've never heard him called Anthony Robbins yeah, before. He's very inspirational. So like I called Anthony Richardson Tony Richardson like the old fullback. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what did you do yesterday? Want to know? What do you mean? Oh, my my locks? Yeah. Uh, well, the Marshall running back got scratched <laughs> four hours before the game. Yeah. Uh, I had Rasheed Ali going so over a two void. touchdowns. That's a void. Uh, but I, I messed up on my other one, which was, uh, well, I got uh, Travis Etienne over 50 yards, but I parlayed it with uh Calvin Ridley touchdown. He mm. didn't
2: get the touchdown. Mm, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm.
4: Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I went 0-2. Tough, tough beats for this guy. Um, Chris Olave just went under his total, barely. Yeah, uh, barely. Dan Vladar needed three more saves. Stop blocking so many shots, Calgary Flames. (laughs) Number one in the league. I would have hit my save total. All right. Our Uh, number
2: one in the league. What do you got today, Maddie, for us? All right. I'm going to start here. Uh, Kyle Palmieri, uh, Islanders have played two games. He's had a point in both of them, and he also loves himself. They've only played two games? Yeah, the Islanders have only played two games. Their third is tonight. Why? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Are Maybe, they building yeah. another rank? Maybe Doing, like, UBS. UBS. like, what's going on? I don't. Is there, Is there a circus in town? Like, what's no, going circus, on? Circus, not yet.
2: They're the only team in the NHL who's only played two games. It's the same as last year, too. They had like three games in the first 10 days of the season. Weird. Anyways, my point is Kyle Palmieri uh, points in both those games so far. And also since he's been traded to the Islanders, 12 points in 11 games against the devil's vindication game. You can also get Kyle Palmieri over a half point at plus a hundred. So that's one of my locks. Okay. So Palmieri with a point. Palmieri over uh, with a point. The other one, I got a tidy little parlay here. Uh, Blue Jackets have allowed the first goal in all their games this season. The flames have scored the first goal in all their games this season. So I am taking that. I've also got Dougie Hamilton to get a point tonight as he has four in three games and has been shooting the puck like crazy. And he's the number one quarterback on that power play, which I love in Jersey. So I've parlayed those two together to get it up to, uh, I don't know what it finished at, like plus 230, something like that.
4: Okay. Patrick? Those are my locks. Uh, Today, game uh, five of the uh, American League Championship Series is in Arlington. Uh, feels like the Astros aren't going to be beaten now. Uh, Jose Altuve has woken up. Uh, I like him uh, parlaying with a one hit plus Verlander, five strikeouts. Oh, wow. Okay, GVP. Well, I got one more. Oh, okay. Well, I was uh, we were kind so of I doing just, one. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I did then, both mine, yeah, and All then right. uh, Jalen Milroe. Uh, Alabama quarterback over 200 passing yards and two touchdowns. As it's the third Saturday in October, Alabama looking for some revenge tomorrow against Tennessee. Mm. Okay. TVP. Uh, I'm gonna go back to that Houston and Texas game. I'm gonna parlay Corey Seager and Jose Altuve both to have one or more hits. Nice, one of my locks. And then uh, I'm gonna go to the other ball game. Uh, I think Philly's gonna wake up back here in this game. I'm gonna I'm gonna take them team total over four and a half.
1: Mm. Okay. Um, GVP um, loves him some baseball lines Yeah, I'm going to do a baseball pick too I'm going to take Jose Abreu Uh, He's been red hot for the Astros too I'm going to take him over 1.5 total bases Mm -hmm. And I'm going to take the Phillies on the run line today Minus 1.5 Let's do it Plus money, plus 120 What's a Schwarber anytime bomb pan? Probably like plus
2: 340 (laughs) Tasty
1: it's crazy so how, tasty. Like, like, that park in uh, Arizona used to be a launching pad before they, like, put the atmosphere in it. Yeah. And now it's, like, fly balls just go to die there in parts of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. not as fun. But whatever. All right. There you go. Um, our locks of the evening for Calgary Lock and Safe. Lower than I thought. Okay. Hunting season is back, Alberta. Be safe out there. Visit sportsnet.ca to enter for your chance to win a bronze 16 rifle gun safe. I asked you earlier, um, what's the second most, like, polarizing, biggest moment in Flames history? We've had a lot of answers, a lot of different answers at 960-960. Texty McTexterson is our Sportsnet 960, the fan texturing robot, and he joins us this morning for your second most polarizing moment on the ice for the Flames. Let's go.
0: Sean in Tuscany. Biggest disappointments for the Flames. Worst Game 7 ever in 0-6 vs. the Ducks. Also, the Ray goal in Game 7 of 94. Yeah, yeah
4: Game 7 uh, in 2006 against the Ducks. They were the last high seed remaining in the Western Conference. They win that. They get a battle of Alberta against the eventual Western Conference champs, the Oilers. But they completely lay an egg in Game 7. 3-0 shutout at the Dome by the, the last year of the old mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Mm. Uh, team Solani, I think, had two goals in that one. He Ugh. had a really good series against the Flames that year. But that was a uh, that was my one of my first playoff games I ever went to was that game six games or game seven mm. against the Ducks, and it was very disappointing. I hated when the Ducks were good, and they, and they were a year away from the cup. And Getzlaff and Perry were just young bucks. Yeah, Getzlaf and Perry were rookies on that team.
1: Everybody remembers the Burry Breakaway. Oh. and every every
4: scores on the, the helicopter's a
1: stick. Jumps up and down. The Canucks all the way, losing the seven games to the Rangers with Kirk McClain and his stand-up style and net. I wish we could see more stand-up Kirk (laughs) McClain goalies now in the NHL. Yeah, they'd be gone in a second, second.
4: meat face.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Like, the closest you get is, like, that Markstrom save when he made the stop on the breakaway a couple games ago. Yeah. You're like, that's the closest you get to a stand-up goalie. I love stand-up goalies. Just not going down to your butterfly too early. Like,
1: Bill Ranford. Kirk McLean, Kelly Rudy, yeah, stand up styles. Yeah, when those pucks from the blue line, you just they shoot them for the blue line along the ice, and they just beat the goalie. Yeah, yeah. and now you're like, how would that? How if did that does, ever go in? If he doesn't reach with his stick, yeah, how did that ever go in?
0: <laughs> Colin in Calgary, how about Brian Elliott not being able to save a beach ball against Anaheim, blowing a four to one lead in Game Three? Yeah, I was a uh, fifteen,
4: fourteen.
2: No, seventeen. <sighs> they went through such a bad string of goalies, man. Yeah. It was. That's why, like, when people get mad at Jacob Markstrom, I'm like, you guys, don't you remember
4: what it was like, like between Kipper a and decade Markstrom? Ago? <laughs> like, <laughs> Joey <laughs> McDonald's was, like, getting started.
2: Joey McDonald and Kerry Ramo and Brian Elliott, and then you're like, oh, big my. save, Dave. Jonas Hiller, big save, Dave. Jonas Hiller. Oh
4: goodness, the list goes on. Nicholas Backstrom. Yeah. Oh, for like a game or two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great cage. <laughs> oh. I think even worse. wild be Tom- here. Nobody,
1: Such- nobody beat Tommy Soderstrom's cage. Such. Such bad and then he had I a mean. goalie stick with no tape on it, which is
4: really, like, stupid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well
4: sure. Just, handle not? this thing. Okay. Yeah. No, no tape on the blade. Oof. I know. That's what I mean. Like, like yeah, you so can feel stupid. the punk on it. Like, eh. I don't know. I
1: don't know. <laughs> he had a stupid cage, too. Tommy Soderstrom. Let him know. Back in the day. <laughs>
0: All right. What else you got? Joey Webb from Blackie. Second worst moment in Flames history for me was when they went to the playoffs in the second round to meet up with Edmonton a few years back and got absolutely mocked. Completely lifeless and no energy after all that excitement and build up to finally seeing a Battle of Alberta playoff match after years of hiatus. Yeah,
4: like, yep. you can't get up for McDavid and dry style. What are you doing? Like yeah. That was an embarrassing. Series. And especially that McDavid scored the overtime
1: yep. winner to end the series, too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That one stings. Yep. But it's only
4: a second round series. I know, but I mean, that like. It was so disappointing. Like, Like, I know. Who knows if we get the Flames abs in that conference final. I mean, who knows? The abs probably do the same thing. Maybe not sweep the Flames, but who knows? Just getting to a conference final here has been been so huge. Who knows what happens? Yeah.
1: All right. Let's do a couple more before we say goodbye.
0: Tracy in Mackenzie Lake, 1994 VS Vancouver. Pavel Bure slap shot over Vernon's shoulder, up three games to one and lost series.
1: Yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of '94 Canucks mm-hmm. and uh, Flames vibes right now.
2: Like Again, we talked no. about, like like you said off the top of the show. Like there's the one glaring one. There's a couple out there too that are relevant, but at the same time, like we've been talking about. It's second round. Yeah. It's first round. It's like, oh, you had a good team, but you lost to an underdog, and that's always disappointing. But it's also the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we see it every year. It's not nearly as predictable as the NBA or the MLB or the NFL. So, yeah, that's kind of how I see it.
1: All right, two more, Patrick. Before we say goodbye. Okay. Steve in St. Albert, 1986.
0: I was at game three cup finals at the Saddledome, Dome, two full beers in hand headed to overtime and Brian Scudland scored at the nine
4: second mark for the Canadians.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Sadler Dome you go definitely made sense
1: there.
4: You go up 2-0 against those Habs? Yep. Habs back Kwan, the, the Habs were the team of destiny There, Maybe year. they become the first team before they become the first team. Yeah. 89 to win in the Forum, And then they um, they gave it back to him three years later. Mm-hmm. I've told this
1: story many times. Where I told Rick Natras, I go, hey, Thanks nice for breaking my heart when I was a kid, yep. Rick. He's like, my pleasure, bud. My man. pleasure, bud.
4: Like eighty six and ninety three for Habs. Like you look at all those Habs teams. In the well, eighty nine. Well, eighty nine, of course. But they lose in eighty nine. But like eighty six and ninety and ninety three. It's like those are all was. Like the, the teams aren't overly. You know, they're at the seventies Habs. They're like they probably weren't Pat, the best teams in those finals. Patrick, the team still hasn't recovered since training Patrick. While. No, I know. Like I mean, was the like in eighty six and, and ninety three. And like, he,
1: he was okay. Yeah. The next day, he was just going to, like, water under the bridge. But Rajon Fool, Ronald Corey, and Mario Tremblay, mm-hmm. those passengers there. on those 70s Stanley Cup teams, didn't want him there anymore. Mm. So then they made that horrendous deal with Colorado. Jocelyn Tibo, Andre Kovalenko. Ugh. Martin Rychinski, uh, you want a uh, quick <laughs> let's list? Not uh, get Bla- let's, not, let's not get Val- uh, Valerie Kamensky. No, let's get Andre Kovalenko with his big, stupid, bubble, Jofa helmet. <laughs> you want a list of every goaltender that, that's made a start since Mika Kiprasov last oh, okay, season? okay,
2: yeah, quickly, do it. I've got, uh, so this would have began in the 2013-2014 season. Mika yep. Kiprasov played 24 games in the 12-13 season, then he retired the next season, they had uh, Joey McDonald. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Rito O'Bara. Yep. Nicholas Backstrom. Mm-hmm. From there, Jonas Hiller, Kerry mm-hmm. Ramo, mm-hmm. Yoni Ordio, mm-hmm. Chad Johnson. Yeah. Brian Elliott. Yep. Eddie Lack. Oh, yeah. John Gillies. Who? Yeah. Mike Smith. Yeah. Yep. Cam Talbot, probably the best of all of them, and David Reddick.
1: Hmm. I remember on the text line, I was uh, I said I wasn't the biggest fan of Mike Smith. And I, people we were really upset when I said that here. Oh boy, what? When I was here in 2018. Oh, they were talking about Mike Smith. I'm like, eh, I'm not sure about Mike Smith. They're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's an elite goalie. I'm like, all right, I was right back then. So suck it, texter. 2018. Way back when. I remember that vividly. Well, Mike right.
2: Smith did have a 9.16 and a 2.65. Like that was actually the one year that he was good for them, and they finished what fifth in the Pacific and um, they well, were good the next year, and he was fine.
1: We're going to Edmonton uh, next week. Excited for that. Flames pregame he starts soon. What do you got? You got England Tommy retired. coming up. Yeah, I
4: got Tommy Wilden Jr. coming up at 9.05, talking about uh, tomorrow night's, uh, tomorrow afternoon's tilt at Spruce Meadows. semifinal. Get cool. to the final. Um, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your
1: favorite podcatcher. Um, we'll leave you with uh, the uh, plays of the week. Have a terrific weekend. We'll talk to you Monday. We have two games to talk about on Monday. Go Stamps. Enjoy the Flames. Go Stamps and enjoy your NFL Sunday with a Flames game. Just perch yourself on the couch. Mm. Talk to you Monday. Bye. Bye.
3: This is the best of the worst of the big show with Russick and Rose.
1: Tell me that goal isn't total boner patrol. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what type of uniform do those patrolmen wear? That's
2: a great question, man. Eh? Eh?
1: Eh? Mm. Eh? The third period turnover that's bulging.
4: <laughs> I think that may be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. OB. Yep. OB. Yeah, he's yeah.
2: good. Uh, you can find a lot more information on this program on the Flames
4: website. <laughs> he's alright. He's okay. Went down the wrong pipe. Okay. That's what I. Would. <laughs> yeah.
2: How are you on hippos? Oh my god! <laughs>
4: <laughs> right? Wow! Yeah. <laughs> and he couldn't wrestle. The, I'm dying too. Are you all right? <laughs> and he couldn't <laughs> wrestle. Oh, it's a crazy way from. John Quick. <laughs> Holy crap!
0: Michael Kang used to talk like this in the 1960s. He was very loud, and now he talks very softly. Now talks to me. And he kind of gets a shaky voice to you. It? Master White? I, cho-
1: I was choking on a beverage earlier. Patrick can't get out a sentence. GVP's oh, dying behind GBP the board. GVP is just
0: struggling
1: I, back there. You know, know you're allowed to take He's a sick day, right? I'm, I'm
2: okay. I got my hood up. I'm going to
4: sweat this thing out.
2: <laughs> Sweaty dude. Making his 36th career postseason start. That passes
1: Tom Glavine. What? Andy Patet at 44. Verlander would Ooh. not. Uh, hey, hey, listeners, <laughs> uh, go to Sportsnet.ca/slash960 and 960. Oh 960, and then, <laughs> it sounded like I was drinking. So I
0: had 41 cores like
4: Hey, can look you just- at this person. 960, you just- <laughs> You're so damn hot. It's too hot out here for a penguin.
0: The big show with Russick and Rose in the morning, not the afternoon.